Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Where are you introing? I'm getting the Skype credit. Mike, go. All right, welcome to another episode of Bruins Beat brought to you by CLNS Radio. I'm Mike with Joe and Jason, as always, and uh, it's going to be a great episode this week. Uh, we're very excited to to be with you guys this week, uh, even though the Bruins finally got off uh, a nice W for once, Joe. Can you believe it? It's been a long time coming since they've had a, they've had a W. Yeah, especially uh, with Doby playing that and all the Tuka Rask haters coming out of the woodwork again, but we'll get into that, I'm sure, with Dave. No, we definitely will. But Joe, can I just say also first state that the event that you put on Sports Palooza was an absolute blast, and I had a great time, and it was great meeting you, fine gentlemen. Yeah, it was great, and I was telling everybody you brought your computer in. It was on three flatbed trucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the floppy disk was awesome. I'm pretty sure that was uh, probably one of the uh, first new uh, computers ever made. So that was good. Now I had a great time. Nice meeting you and Jace for the first time. Meeting Mark Allred, you know, meeting Jimmy Murphy. He's a cool cat. So. Yeah, met, met a lot of good people. That was probably, uh, you know, Mike, one of our best events, honestly, in the eight years we've done it. So really happy. When oh, we that's good to hear. I'm glad. Yeah, I was glad that uh, everyone got to meet all you guys, and uh, it was just great. But um, let's get back to the Bruins for a minute. Yeah, you, as you were saying, the Tuga haters are out in full force. Uh, uh, oh, baby. Character assassination now. It's like, I don't know. We, You know, we can get into it a little bit more, but I don't know if you I posted, too, on Stanley Cappuccino wrote a good article about the Tuca haters and why they hate them, and most of their uh, reasoning is flawed. Um, you know, the, the 2013 Cup Final. You guys ready? You know, yeah, yeah let's go ahead. All right, I'm going to make the call right now. I hope he's still there. All right, we'll just go into it, and you tell us when, he, when he's on. So, um, yeah, talking about Tuca, you know, they basically broke down what happened those last few 17 seconds. I think it was a deflected shot. And Jimmy, uh, we call it Johnny Boychuk, blew his coverage on the on the winning goal. And then, uh, you know how many goals he let him against Pittsburgh the series before? Two. I, you, you know, Malkin and Crosby and Kunitz, and they were st- – I think they had James Neal then too. And uh, everybody forgets that, right? You know, it's amazing. Do you know what I think the um, – it, it is exactly what you said last week. Ready, the guys? one that Tim Thomas went on is just – the run that Tim Thomas went on was the one that, that – Hey, hey is this Dave? Yes, this is Dave. Dave, this is Jason from Bruins Beat. Sorry for the hey, wait. Dave, we were having some trouble Mike. with my Skype. No problem. No problem, Jason. I got Mike and Joe along with me. We have some Dave, questions to ask I'm, you. Thank you I'm for joining Mike. our show. Hey, Mike. How are you? 
I'm doing well. Uh, Dave, I have Joe and Jason as, as also with us. Uh, thanks for joining us, and um, very excited about you joining us. And um, as you said, we, um, as we said, uh, we've been talking about it all week, so we're very happy that you were able to join us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. How you doing, Dave? Joe Gill here. Nice to meet you. You too, Joe. What's that? Uh, things in Boston yeah, are on edge right now, Boston. Dave. Yeah, definitely on edge for sure. Yeah, not going great, Dave. <laughs> to be yeah, honest with you. <laughs> yeah, things are, things are a little rocky right now, Dave, in Boston right now. Sports-wise? Yeah, sports-wise. You think you can talk us off the ledge? Uh, the Bruins are 1-4 in their, in their last five games. Uh, obviously, there's some uh, goaltending controversy, I guess you could say. But I just want to ask you flat out, straight up, will the Boston Bruins make the Stanley Cup playoffs? Wow. Uh, you got to ask me that one about April 8th or 9th. It's, um, <laughs> you know what, it's, just, it's just when one of the teams seem to think that they, they're going to take charge, they take a step back. And um, unfortunately for Boston, the last few years, it seems to be – they're right there until the last few days, and they don't make it. So I mean, there's no reason why they don't. There's no reason why the Islanders don't. There's no reason why the Leafs don't. And really, there's no reason why Tampa doesn't. But unfortunately, two of those teams aren't going to make it. And at this point, whoever decides to take it upon themselves to win the games, uh, they're, they're the team that's going to get in. I mean, it sounds simple, but that's really the way it's going to be. Uh, you, you look at the Islanders. Losing, losing to Nashville right now, and Chicago is beating Tampa right now, and Carolina is a team that's crept out of nowhere that they're beating Detroit. If they beat the, the Red Wings these two games, meaning win the makeup games, or their games in hand, I should say, now we've, we've got to put Carolina in that mix where two weeks ago you would have said there's no way. So somebody has to win the games. Right now it's the Carolina Hurricanes who are 7-0-3-10, and, and they've crept back into the discussion. And uh, if the Bruins play the way they can they've got six of seven games at home the one game is in chicago which they've you know usually had pretty uh as i recall pretty good games against the blackhawks they did lose the one nothing game at home to the hawks this year but uh, with six of seven at home uh, there's no reason why the boston bruins can't say you know what we can do this we're home games win the games and get in the playoffs they've got the team to do it but uh we're not playing the games and i can understand where you're sitting here biting everybody's fingernails off thinking are we going to get in it real it, it's going to, it's going to come down to the final weekend within possibly four teams well, we're used to we're used to that here right mike and jason the last three years the last game of the season uh yeah we're we're totally used to that but but dave let me just ask you uh if they do if they do get in and say they make the wild card or they if they get in say in their division they pass the leafs or whatever do you think they can do some damage in the playoffs or do you think they're just be getting into the playoffs and kind of be one and done no, I, I think any of the teams we talked about, I think the Bruins have got the talent. If Tuka Rask plays at the level that he's capable of, there's no reason that uh, he can't win games on his own in the playoffs. And they've got the scoring. Uh, they've got the, the depth uh, up front in the scoring. And they're going to have to play at the top of their game. You get into the playoffs if you're going to be successful. You have to have that third-line scoring that has been a little inconsistent for the Bruins this year. You've got to have your, your depth defenseman playing 12 minutes a night and playing solid minutes, not necessarily being offensive, but making sure that they're not giving up anything, and you have to have your goaltender playing well. And They're more than capable of doing that with the teams in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Ottawa, Montreal, you know, Boston, 
Toronto, uh, if Tampa Bay gets there, Tampa, all of those teams are capable of winning games if they if they play at the top of their game. They they don't have the luxury that maybe the the Washington or Pittsburgh or Chicago's or even the way Columbus has been playing. But even Columbus has to play at their best all the time. So these the, the Atlantic doesn't have the the uh, luxury of being able to. Um, you know, ride one or two players for a bit, and that's where the Atlantic Division is is going to be a battle because the teams are so evenly matched. Uh, I don't really see, I don't really say the Montreal Canadiens are that much better than any of the teams in the Atlantic, and even with the Rangers, it looks like they're going to be in the Atlantic in the playoffs. I don't think the Rangers are that much better than any of the teams in the Atlantic. So, yes, the Bruins can uh, definitely win a series, and yes, the Bruins can come out of the Atlantic. I mean, they've proven it; they've they've beaten good teams this year but they're going to have to play at their best every game and that's the, the that's usually the deciding factor in a seven game series is the team that has the consistency and plays at the highest level and is able to sustain it is the team that's going to win so it's going to be a challenge for anybody in the Atlantic to have a deep playoff run but um, they're in the Atlantic Bruins are in the Atlantic and that's probably an advantage to all the teams in there yeah luckily because if they were in the uh, Metro I think they would have been eliminated sometime in December um so just talking about Tuka Rask, Dave, I don't know if you heard about the – he gets a lot of heat here in Boston, believe it or not. I think it's probably about a 50-50 split pro and uh, honestly hate for Tuka Rask, to be honest with you, which I can't understand at all. Um, so what do you, do you think the criticism is fair about his uh, injury or sickness that he's been going through? Uh, you know, we had the Senators game last year. He didn't make it. Uh, he couldn't make it because of sickness. The Islanders game this past year because of low-body injury – and people bring up the Olympics for Team Finland, too. Do you feel that he gets unfair criticism and a lot of people still blame him for game six versus the Blackhawks in 13? Uh, I, I think it's difficult to blame someone if there's an injury or, or an illness. And I always used to think, well, how do you miss a game because of the flu? And uh, I had one opportunity to play all 84 games when I was with the Bruins in the 90s, and I missed one game because of the flu, and I could barely get out of bed. Uh, so if you're sick, you're sick, and if you're injured, you're injured. And uh, I've never played with a player or even met a, a player, especially a hockey player, who would not come out injured to play in the biggest game of the year. And I don't think Tukarask is any different than that. Uh, he he seems to, from what I've seen of him externally, he seems to have a pretty good mental makeup in big games and unfortunately that it, it is and, and it's tough that he can't run and hide from it but there have been big games that he's not been available for whether it be illness or injury uh, but I'm not I would never question a player's um, you know, ability to to play because of well if he says he's injured the team says he's injured then he's injured uh, and if there was an issue I think the Bruins would have dealt would would have dealt with it and probably moved to Karas because nobody wants nobody wants to have a player on the team that they can't rely on in big games and that's I would say probably the, the telltale sign is the Boston Bruins still have faith in him and he's still there otherwise they would have moved him and a lot of teams don't like guys who are injured and a lot of players will come along and man the guy's got an injury history and you, you avoid him but I don't think that's too, the case with Tukarask and it's uh, unfair that he gets it but it's today's pro sports and people are passionate about the game and, and they think, Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sick too, but I still went to work. Well, it's a little different when it's a little different. He was a little sick. I'm sure he would go to work too, but um, it's a, it's a tough one. And it's happened. It's, it's, when it happens consistently, of course, everybody's going to question it. 
Well, Dave, I have a hard time typing at my desk with a runny nose. So um, (laughs) uh, I I think Jason's got a question next for you, Dave. I'm going to play the uh, what-if game with this next question. Um, if the Bruins don't make the playoffs, what do you see happening specifically with the um, upper management core? Wow, that's a good one. What if the Bruins don't make the playoffs? Yeah, that's um, that's a good one because this will be three straight years. And I think uh, it, it, the look internally is going to have to be there. Uh, moving Claude Julien out in mid-season, uh, bringing in Bruce Cassidy, might give the upper management a little bit of time to say, you know what, we need our coach to have a full season. He needs a training camp. He needs to put his mark on this team. Difficult thing to do halfway through a year. Uh, that might be a fallback. Um, uh, the the the, the parity in the league is so close that it, it comes down to uh, which teams can sustain or not go on the, the, the four or five game losing streaks. Uh, I don't think that the the upper management of the Bruins is going to collapse and be changed if they don't make the playoffs because they've been right there every year. And with bringing in a new coach, and Claude Julien was there a long time, and now Bruce Cassidy needs to put his mark on the team, and, and you can't do that in a couple of months. Uh, so saying that i don't see changes in upper management there'll be a lot of frustration um with the ownership group and and everybody though everybody will be, be frustrated but they'll be as frustrated as 16 other teams out there who didn't make the playoffs and it doesn't mean that the bruins are a bad team it means that they're they're they were one or two wins shy does that maybe they're a couple of shootouts shy and it's such a tight league that uh, I don't see a hasty decision being made. I think it will start fresh with the Bruce Cassidy's era next year and move on from there. So oh, and just, this just, is a follow-up for me really quickly because I, like, I really liked your answer. So do you think the Bruce Cassidy move was something that probably saved Cam Neely's job in the end? Um, I, I, I think that will be determined again in, in the sh- in a short amount of time or maybe a year or two, if the right coach, if the Boston Bruins can turn around, if Bruce can get this team uh, with the right players to turn it around and, and have a good run, get into the playoffs, then yes, everything w- will be fine. But I, I still think that that is yet to be determined. Um, you know, I, and I think if for Cam Neely and Don Sweeney, their, their face on the team is going to be Bruce Cassidy. It's now their, their team. Um, Claude Julian had the team a long time and was here before Don and um, you know Cam wasn't the same in the same position when Claude started so um, or didn't have the same uh, I guess strength of position so really I think it's it's going to come in the next few years and see how it plays out when they brought in their own coach they'll have the opportunity to have some drafts to pick up some free agents to clean out some contracts which they've done in the past and really develop their own team from what Peter Shirelli had, um, you know, had done in the past with Claude. So now it's their time. They we'll see how it goes in the next few years. So I still think there's a few years to, to really answer those questions. And that may not be what Bruins fans want, but it, it's not, a, it, nothing's a quick fix. And general managers, coaches, presidents need time. And usually it's three to five years to see how their decisions are panning out, how their drafts are panning out and to see if they can sustain that. And if they can't in that time, then you'll see changes made. Uh, so obviously I, I think one of his, Sweeney's best moves so far has been uh, re-signing Brad Marchand. 
And obviously he's cooled off a little bit in the past few games, but he's been up there in points with Sidney Crosby and McDavid and Patrick Kane. He's part of the MVP conversation. Uh, what do you think of Marchand's game this year, and uh, what do you think of Marchand as a player? Well, I love him. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, and not, you know, the scoring-wise, the way he plays, the, the way he has come into the league, um, from playing in the American League to moving into the National Hockey League and developing his skills. He wasn't a, a player, you kind of call them silver spooners, who come in with, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're gifted. You know they're going to be the stars and everything everything just goes their way and they become the stars. And uh, they come in as a star and they leave as a star. Well, that's not Brad Marchand. He, he's not the silver spooner. He's a guy who... Uh, had to work for everything he's got and continue to prove how good he is and that he can play at the next level. He's done that. He did it in the World Cup of Hockey to prove that he can play in Team Canada. He was a star there with a game-winning, tournament-winning goal. Now he's proving in the National Hockey League that he's a star. And no question, you, you people are putting, I put him in the Hart Trophy candidate because the Hart Trophy is the most valuable player to your team. And he, in the last month, proved how valuable he is to the Boston Bruins and all of a sudden, he stops scoring, and the team starts losing. He starts scoring again. Will the team start winning? And uh, that's what the Hart Trophy is all about. It's not the best player in the league. It's the most valuable to your team, and he has proven that he's as valuable to the Boston Bruins as any star player is to their team, and that's why he should be in the conversation. I'm upset that he dropped off a little in the scoring because I would have loved to have seen him stay up there. Like I said on the NHL Network, you know, it would be fantastic to see a player who has come from where he's come from you know, being an American League guy and working way through to get accolades to be nominated for a Hart Trophy and possibly even win the Art Ross, which he was battling for. And I think if he gets hot, he could still push back into that race. Right, especially because he's competing with all number one picks. I mean, you look at Patrick Kane, number one overall, McDavid, number one overall, and Sidney Crosby, number one overall. I thought it was just a great story for Martian to be even discussed with those names. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And and he is not that the other guys work just as hard. Trust me, they work just as hard. But they came in at a at that higher echelon, being a top pick. And Brad Marchand has worked his way over the course of his career to to get to where he is. I mean, coming in from a player that everybody wanted to whack with their stick to they still want to whack him, but you have to respect him because he's he, he can put up thirty five to forty goals and he's a pointy game guy. So, so Dave, we got one more quick question for you uh, before we let you go. Uh, I know you, you know you played in the '90s. You played with the Bruins. You probably played with maybe the uh, the Lyndon Byers, the Bruce Shoe Bottoms, the uh, Jay Mills of the day. Uh, how do you feel about fighting in today's game that is, you know, has kind of almost become extinct? And what do you think uh, removing from the game may cause to, uh, you know, for stick work and things like that? Well, I, I think the trend of the game is is uh, going in the right direction. I'm I'm a proponent of, of removing the staged fighting in the game, and I think that was getting to a point where it was almost a sideshow. You were, you know, you were waiting and being in the media for the last 15 years. You're you're, you're oh, this is a big the big bout's going to take place, and you know, that's not what the game was about. And and I mean, I played in those days. The guys you mentioned, I played with all of them. I was drafted with uh, LB and uh, with the Bruins back in '82 and. Uh, played with Jay and played with Bruce Shubottom Jr. and also with Bruce when we were in the, with the Maine Mariners together. And there were plenty of times where uh, a fight was needed in the game uh, because the game was getting out of hand. And and but it was more. I mean, I also played with Cam Neely, who was scoring 50 goals and you know beating the crap out of everybody. It's pretty and good. That's where that that's where I I, do, I don't think fighting is is going to leave the game because 
but the stage fighting needed to leave the game. The game's too fast. Uh, we're trying to sell the game to young people, to parents with children. My children went through the minor hockey system, and I've, I've seen concussions and injuries to children playing that, that are, are accidental. And, you know, fighting is something that happens in a game, and, and it happens in hockey because usually two guys are battling for something, they get frustrated, you drop your gloves. Or someone sticks someone, and it's like, you know what, I, I'm not going to take that, and I'm going to get my retribution on you and say, hey, let's go, let's drop the gloves, and away you go. That, that to me, is that, that's part of the game. It's always been part of the game. But the stage fighting, the big heavyweight bouts that we're not seeing that you know really had, had no nothing to do with the, the flow of the game or the score of the game. It was more of an entertainment value for fans. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that gone. The game's just too fast for it. But, uh, hey, I'm, I'm okay with the guys. Want to, you want to drop your gloves and go? There was nothing better than seeing you know, guys like Wendell Clark and a Rick Tockett or, or Cam, you know, and these guys, Terry O'Reilly, and the, you're, you're battling, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I didn't like the elbow you just put up into my chin and away you go so um hopefully that answers your question i don't think it's ever going to leave the game and i don't think it necessarily has to leave the game because you're skating around with a stick in your hand and i'd much <laughs> rather true. see the guys drop the gloves and then then turn around and whack each other with a stick and we've seen some terrible stick accidents yeah i mean i think marty mcsorley was probably one of the worst we've oh, seen yeah. on donald brashear and and those things Awful. you know the, those things aren't necessary but uh i'd much rather see two guys drop the gloves and go at it in the in the course of a battle in the game, or uh, um, you know something that happened in the game, not necessarily uh, uh, about to see who's so, you know. So you don't like the fights that the happen like you don't like the fights that are like oh we're down three nothing so I might as well just drop the gloves. No, I mean that that to me well unless there's a reason you're doing it you know just 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 for you know if there's a reason in the game where you know you, you were played against this guy the whole game and they're late in the game and you know what. Um, you know, I, I'm tired of you. You know, with the sticks or the elbows, let's go. And that, that to me is is that's fine. But to just to send the guys out there to fight at the end of the game because you're down three nothing. Well, maybe you need to get better players so you're not down three nothing. You know, maybe your team needed to work right. harder. And, you know, you, you I always say you need to look in the mirror and look at yourself before you point to the other guy and say, well, you're beating us. That's not fair. Well, yeah, it's only not fair because you weren't good enough tonight. So you should be more concerned that you're not good enough and, um, you know, and, and work harder at it. And that, that's, I think, where the game's got to now. Um, you know, I, I, fighting wasn't part of uh, something that I did as a player. I mean, I'm, I'm, I never had the I, – I always looked at it that way. I guess I always looked through it as, hey, what did I do wrong and why am I not – why did I lose that battle? And I always looked at myself as the problem, not the other guy. And I think when you're, when you're in that category – uh, I didn't have the mentality to go out and go whack somebody because I was pissed at them. It was like, no, I'm not good enough. I got to be better. But um, I, I like where the game is now. I think the game is, has come a long way. Uh, it's matured, and I really like the way, the speed of the game. Um, and, and and there is a place for payback and retribution. I don't like the fact that when there's a good hit in the game, that someone's going to drop their gloves. Yeah. I mean, when we played. Well, we, I played in the tougher eras and some of the toughest eras of the of the game in the through the eighties, and you get smoke coming through the neutral zone. You get back to the bench and your teammates be going, "Hey, keep your head up! You're going to get killed in this league, man." But no, in today's game, you get hit with a good hit. It's like, "Oh, I'm going to go get him." It's like, well, maybe you should keep your head up next time. I, I'd like to see those fights 
get out of the game. I, I think that's because uh, hitting is a great part of the game that I don't want to see leave. And I right. think that's Absolutely. a bigger problem. I think that's a bigger problem in the game. The hitting is disappearing more than the fighting. I mean, the old Boston Garden was fantastic. That was a small rink. You couldn't get oh, out of the way of way. running into bodies and making, you know, great hits and the boards would bend 12 feet and, you know, it gets the, the crowd going. You're not seeing that as much. And if you do, the pace is slow because someone, someone's got to answer for catching a guy with his head down. So uh, we'll see if that changes. So that, that question was from Tim Foran, one of our fans in our chat room. And uh, Dave, I want to tell you that uh, we actually met before. I actually uh, grew up in Wilmington, Massachusetts, where Restucia was, where you guys practiced. So yeah. uh, I was 17, 18 years old, hanging out with Restucia, uh, waiting for autographs from all you guys back in the early 90s. And uh, I just want to thank you because you had some great teams in the early 90s and uh, you were one hell of a PK killer. So. Well, thanks. So we we did. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed my time in Boston tremendously. It was uh, it was interesting when I left there in um, I left in '96 to go to Dallas. Uh, my contract I, I had asked for a three year contract from the Bruins, and we didn't want to leave. My children were born there, and uh, we had great friends in the Boston area that we still do, and we absolutely love the area. My wife and I, and um, I was looking for a three year contract, and at the time, uh, the Bruins only offered a two year contract. And that was their policy at that time. The older guys who were in their early 30s, they weren't giving an extra year to. Uh, and it's strange that in the third year was in 1999. I won my first cup, and two years later, I won my second. So uh, if I had accepted that two-year deal, I don't know if I would have won the cups uh, yeah. because I was well out of the league before the Bruins did. But um, I, I had a great time in Boston. I absolutely loved it. And I look back, it was a fantastic part of my life. Yeah, so and we always... Uh, Okay, interesting. What was your uh, one memorable moment in a Bruins uniform? Is there a game or a time? Oh, uh, personally, it was probably um, I, I scored in Game Seven against Buffalo in the first round. Yeah. Uh, personally, um, I remember that it was I was sent out on the ice by Rick Bonus with our coach, and it was a defensive zone faceoff, and he sent me out, and he was like, uh, "Once the puck gets out of the zone, change." And it had been a crazy series. The games had gone back and forth. And, um, hey, was that the one the where Oates I, scored off the faceoff? Yes, that was, yes, that was one of, that was that series. And so yep. I might even be in that game. And so we lose the draw and I go out to my point in the left, the, the right defenseman on the left wing of our zone. And I block the shot and the puck bounces like out to center in the old Boston garden. It was a small rink. And I'm like, Okay, well the puck's out, but I'm not changing because I got a breakaway. So I, <laughs> I took off down the ice, and I didn't slap. I didn't use a slap shot that much, but I took a slap shot and scored with about five minutes to go. I still have the picture uh, from I believe it was the Boston Globe I had the picture in the paper, and I got the the, the photo framed. Uh, so for me, that was a, a pretty special moment. He was scoring a game seven. That was pretty cool. And team wise, it was probably the same year. We swept the the Habs in four, and I I think it was the first time I can't remember when if it had happened, um, but we swept the Habs in four, and we ended up losing to Pittsburgh in the conference final in four. But that was as a team that was a really um, special moment. I mean, I think for the team, for the fans, for everybody who has gone through the Bruin Habs rivalry, when you get an opportunity to sweep the Montreal Canadiens um, out of the playoffs. That's a pretty memorable moment, and for me, that was we we had a crazy team, uh, a, a, just a crazy group of guys. The amount of players that we had gone through that year was in 1991-92, and we had had, I think, well over 55 guys. I think I came back into the team that year. 
it was just a crazy year of different bodies in and out. That was the Olympic year. We had gone through the Olympics. Uh, we got in Joey Juno had come in, uh, yeah. Teddy Donato, Steve Hines, Clark Donatelli. I was just going to say uh, Clark, just, yeah. Gore, uh, we also had um, uh, Gord Hines yeah. on the back end, a defenseman from Team Canada. It was, just, it was one of those years of the bodies that we went through. You look through the roster, that year was probably one of the most ever, and uh, we made it to the conference final. But beating the Habs, sweeping Montreal in four was... Uh, was pretty yeah. special. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right, Dave Reed of uh, NHL Network. You can watch Dave on NHL tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time throughout the season and Stanley Cup playoffs. Visit NHLnetwork.com for your local listings. Uh, Dave, I just want to thank you for joining us, and we hope uh, hope to have you on again Thanks, soon. Dave. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck thank to the Thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate it, Dave. So, like I said, I said again, that was Dave Reed of the NHL Network, and uh, what an interview that was, huh, guys? That was awesome. Incredible. We got a little shaky, a little shaky at the beginning, but we definitely recovered. So that was great. Oh, absolutely fantastic! He gave some great answers. Uh, uh, great answers, Joe. You were living, your, you were in your glory there when we were talking about the '90s Bruins, huh? Why do you get beat? Why you to pick on the old guy? It's just no. I'm just saying you, you, you just seemed like you were in your glory. You seemed like a little kid on Christmas, dude. I mean, like I told you, I, I used to, you know, 17, 8 years old, uh, eighteen years old, used to hang out outside the Restucia Center, my buddy and I. And we used to get all the autographs and. Just imagine, dude, like going up to Cam Neely and Ray Bork and Adam Oates and getting all their autographs, and they were super nice. And then you had absolute a-holes like Carver Tallenoff and Sean McCaffrey. But, you know, that happens. I mean, you can't, they all can't be nice. But Dave Reed was, was a nice guy. I mean, majority of them were. Andy Moog, who I told you guys broke my heart because he's a he's – a, I think he's a bastard because he broke my heart. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, that was a – you know, like we said, you, you know, uh, Jason was saying too that he was really getting into it. I think – you know, being a retired player, you like your glory years. I remember that series in 93, and you guys were basically sparkles in your dad's eyes. Um, when they beat uh, Buffalo, with I think Tom Draper was the uh, Buffalo uh, goaltender. I was at the Garden for one of those games, actually, my buddy. And, of course, you guys weren't be able to go to the Garden. But the Garden used to have a lot of obstructive view seats. So I used to, you know, my buddy and I, like, would used to just switch seats between periods so, uh, so we can one of us could like see the corner and then the other here we couldn't see the corner, so that was just a great stuff like that. But uh, that's where hockey was real, gentlemen. Hockey's becoming kind of pussified, as much as I don't yeah. want to admit. It happens. It happens. But no, uh, Joe, I, th- I think you want to bask in the bask in the glory about your ass question. Honestly, Joe, uh, Dave gave a great answer. He was. He even said, you know, when you're sick, you're sick. If you, he thinks that ra- he thinks Rask's still elite, and he thinks that uh, the Bruins management trusts him. So I think you should be uh, gloating right now. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Rask. And I, like I said, we talked about the Big Jim Murray matches in 95. I talked to uh, Jimmy Murphy. Uh, I mean, sorry, Big Jim Murray. And then Jimmy Murphy I talked to at Blogapalooza. And I think that Tuca, it's like whoever comes after Tom Brady is not going to get a fair shake. This is the same thing that happened to Tuca after Tim Thomas. And everybody gives Tuca crap about, you know, 2010. But if we remember correctly, Thomas got hurt. Was Tuca a first or second year player then? Uh, I, be- I, I believe so. So right there, he wasn't even a seasoned guy. So, you know, even if he may had a bad series, you, as we all talked about, you got to remember, you know, they lost your boy, Crutchy, your binky. So that kind of went down the toilet. Well, no, I wouldn't even just say that. I was just like, uh, Thomas was playing so bad that Rast stole his job. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it comes to. That, right. That's what it comes down to. And, and look, the next year, Thomas did a great job of getting his job back. But let's not act like Tim Thomas was, you know, Patrick Waugh or Amadi Brodeur out there. He, he had, a, like you said, 
He had a great Stanley Cup Finals run, and I thank the world that he did. It was it, yes. awesome. It was awesome to watch the Bruins win the Cup, and it was awesome to shove the Cup up in Vancouver's ass. In Vancouver, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And people to this day even say, what, what championship was your best? Was your favorite? And I always say, besides, I always say 2004 Red Sox. I'm sorry. I know you're not a big baseball guy, Joe, but that was no. my favorite. It but was my favorite that, even still. T- 2004 Red Sox, was, hands down. Yeah, but besides that, it's the Stanley Cup because I'm a hockey fan. I love it. I love hockey. And to see the Bruins win, so obviously I was in my glory watching Tim Thomas. But let's not act like you said. He was all world every single year because he wasn't. Because if Tim Thomas was the best thing since sliced bread, the Bruins would have more than one cup. Guys, just look at Tim Thomas' playoff record here quickly. 07-08, losing seven games. 08-09, they won 11 games, but they still did, you know, they, they lost second round to Carolina, I believe. 2011, we all know what happened. 2012, they lose to Washington. And then he got in one game with Dallas. So was his playoff record that stellar, if you think about it? He had one year. And it was unbelievable. Don't get me I was a Thomas fan. It was unbelievable. But he had one season. Everybody's making out these, like, Jerry Cheevers, or he was like, um, God, this guy's a, what's his stu- Kenny Dryden, or, or Patrick Roy, or, Bro- or Brodeur. Like, pump the effing brakes a little bit, guys. Please. And if we put Thomas's point, uh, um, stats in 11 against Tuka in 13, uh, minus the cup, of course, they're almost identical. And can, and can people say, and can people, like, Say, oh, well, he hasn't won anything. They lost to a better team. Chicago's a wagon, and everyone knows Chicago's that. was better than Vancouver was. Yes. The Bruins couldn't push Va- Chicago around like they could push Vancouver around. Chicago was better, They had and they had more skill. And Chicago also, you know, won a cup before, too. So the Bruins and Chicago were battling for, like, you know, there's another cup. But Chicago was damn good, and I think the better team won the series, and I'm sorry. I mean, the— the games that he hasn't made in, you know, I, I don't know. If you have, if you're crap in your pants, I don't. How can you play that? I don't know. Maybe, but his time, the timing of things that happened for him are not good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he did it. I don't. You can't do it on purpose. It was just crappy luck. Excuse the pun, but that Stanley Cup of Chowder article I, I mentioned to you guys before the show. That's on my Bruins, uh, Big Bad Bruins page. You read that thing because it's all true. Thirteen, they blame the blame him for uh, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks meltdown. You know what? Without him, they wouldn't have beat Pittsburgh. He only left two goals the whole friggin' series, and they have two of the best players in the world on that team. That's unbelievable. Sidney Crosby did nothing that game. Absolutely zero. They only scored two goals the whole series. That Who does that against Sidney Crosby and Malkin? Like, it was a four-game sweep, but, like, still, they were playing Pittsburgh, and everyone knows how good Pittsburgh is. Like, it's, that's not a fluke. But, but, see, the thing is, the thing that bothers me, Joe, is they'll be like, oh, it was, it was the defense that did that. Oh, so the defense... Allowed Pittsburgh to only allow two goals, but the defense. Well, didn't, but but it, but it was Rask's fault for Chicago when the defense didn't cover their guys. Got it, got it. That's how it works, Joe. You that, you catching on now? No, I I think the thing too is I know his save percentage is going down the toilet lately and all this stuff. And I, if you guys have seen a pad in the last three years, he plays very well at the beginning of the season. But what happens is when he has no backup to relieve him, he gets tired and he breaks down. He's breaking down. That's not necessary. I used to want to blame Russ for the first couple of years, but when it comes to this, it's a significant, significant. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it doesn't make management look good. It's the fact that we have no backup goaltender, and this is on management. You can't really blame Tuca for his health going all the time. Um, I still have I, my qualms about the pattern with Tuca, yeah. but well, yeah, everyone does a little bit. I do too. I'm a fan. But I mean, we have one guy just in our chat room said, "I love the I, I love Rask, but the difference is Tim Thomas got it done." Tim, if you guys remember the Montreal series, 
Um, they were one Zidane Chara skate from losing that series. Okay, so that's how close that was. Okay, they blew out Philly. Philly, they did that. They blew them out. They only won one nothing. Dwayne Rolison was giving them everything they could get against Tampa that year, right? And I'm not discrediting it. He played out of his friggin' mind. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting it. You know what? I love Thomas. I never hated Thomas before he became, you know, master crazy person. You know, going off the reservation after getting on about Chick Fil A and Nazis and everything else. So. That is the reason why I don't think Tuca gets a good – whoever comes after the great ones never gets a break. Whoever and comes I, after Brady, like Garoppolo, will never be Brady. So it's one of those things. You know. No, I definitely. And I agree with what some Jason said too. I was talking to Jimmy Murphy and I was talking to people you know, at the event that you hosted last Saturday, Joe at Bogapalooza, and they were saying, um, what, where would the Bruins be right now if they had a backup goal that didn't only have one win up until you know recently? Right. Remember how many? Remember how bad in the show early on in the shows we were talking about how bad their backup goal position was, where every time they started Hudobin they would lose, or every time McIntyre started they would lose, and Subban came up and he and he sucked. I mean, when yeah, Rask got hurt, the Bruins went on. Boat. Yeah, the Rask got yeah, Rask got hurt, and remember they went on a skid there, and we were talking about oh geez, the people, everyone that says they trade Rask, now you see what it's like when Rask's not in the net. You know, so, it's, it's, amazing. it's amazing after that game, everybody's like, Doby, Doby, Doby. Now, I know Rask had a long shot from Drew in the other night, but if I remember, Do- Doby had a, uh, almost a half-ice shot beat him. So what, what, what are we talking about here? Like you said earlier to, to Jason now, you love Hags, but you, you, you don't agree with what he's saying. No, I, Hags, you know, Hags is kind of getting wishy-washy on this now because he was, I think he was a Rask guy too. Now all of a sudden, I mean, I like Joe Haggerty, but like, come on, let's stick to your guys a little bit. Um don't get me wrong. The, the timing of Tuka getting hurt, you know, or sick or whatever, it, you know, is a little messed up. But I think Dave Reed made a good point. The Bruins don't want players like that. It's not, especially the most uh, scrutinized position in sports is the the NHL goalie, probably second behind the NFL quarterback. That's it. I mean, if you think about basketball, it's more of a team sport, and then baseball too. So the goalie and the quarterback are the two guys that get the most criticism if a team does, doesn't do well. Okay, which I find is unfair because guys drop passes, right, in the NFL, drop plenty of passes on them. And then in the NHL, your defense breaks down, people cough up the puck and all that stuff. So those two guys get – those two positions absolutely get hammered more than anyone else. Absolutely. Before we move on, I just want to say, as the Bruins playoff push is heating up, and boy, is it heating up now with uh, how many teams are around them. (laughs) Uh, SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every game. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing like being in the stadium or the, to see the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app and, uh, on my phone, and as I said, it was the easiest way for me to buy tickets. I uh, got tickets nice in the balcony against the New York Rangers when the Rangers were in town a few weeks back. Uh, the I'll be the Stars game on Thursday. Yep, but it's uh, it's I'm telling you, and Seek was great. I instantly found the seats. Um, the great it was a great game against the Rangers, even though they lost. One was still in his head, but Seek was designed to make ticket buying experiences easier than ever. And Seek trust me, it has. It saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sales sites, excuse me, to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, Seek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concerts, comedies, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, for the listeners of this show, you can get a $20 rebate off your first 
SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 off, go to download, excuse me, the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code BruinsBeat. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and like I said, enter promo code BruinsBeat today. And uh, guys, I just want to say, uh, this obviously the Bruins finally got a win. Have, no, look, look, yeah, seriously. Uh, he he, oh, he really shut me up this past week for the two Which goals group? in a big game. But where, where are the Bruins goal scorers? Where have they gone? Oh, they're drying up, dude. It's bad. Where have they gone? Martian hasn't been you know, doing much. Krejci's pasta. Uh, pasta, Bergeron. Um, I was listening to, you know, on the way home, I was uh, listening to the radio. And I heard a stat, and I literally almost drove off the road. I was I was so surprised by it. The Bruins' top three lines don't have a even strength goal in the past three or four games. That that smells a lot like the uh, clog days. It does, and Scary. and it's it's what what is going on? Not, yeah. They're not producing anymore. Where are yeah. they all gone? Did, like uh, Marshan dried up, like you said, Poshnex, you know, dried up. I don't know what's going on. Now they better. They don't have much time to get this figured out. So. No, they need these guys to start producing again. Like you said, Riley Nash. Riley Nash has their last three even strength goals. You, Riley you, Nash. You know what they need? You know what they need, Mike and Jason. Here's the thing, and they made a good point about Felger. As much as people hate Felger, I think he knows his hockey. Um, David Backus. I like David Backus, but he hasn't brought much of anything. You know, he like I thought he'd be that. Vo- hopefully, I mean, hopefully he can be this vocal guy in the locker room because they need somebody. Because Bergie's not that guy and Charles not that guy. I think Masha could be, but I don't know. I mean, it's, they need somebody to really, you know, really get this team going here, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do. They need it bad. And I, I think this is the past three years. Uh, if the Bruins don't make the playoffs, it is. I mean, there's still two weeks left. But if they don't, I think you can look back on those Stanley Cup teams and look at some of the vocal guys they had, like Sean Thornton and, and Andy Ferentz and yeah. Boychuk and Luch, to you guys. Yeah, as those as those guys that you know were the emotional leaders, but Bergeron and Chara were the guys you looked at as the as the leaders by, by example. example type. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the leader by example, and they, I feel like they got rid of all the guys like the vocal guys that were mm-hmm. in the locker room. Um, they replaced and, them. And they, yeah, they never replaced them. They just let them all walk, and they just tried to you know fill the voids and tried to you know build the core around some of the guys they thought were the core. But sometimes you need some of those intangibles, and like you said, Bagus was supposed to be brought in to be that guy, but. What has he really been doing lately? Uh, I know, I know. They, here's the thing: they got you know. And I don't mean to crap on Bagus. I do like him. No, I no, think... no, no. Hey, no, it's merited. But... I, I don't. I mean, this games you you notice him, right? This games he brings his presence, but majority they don't. I mean, I don't care if he scored. He's almost what 17, 16 goals. I don't care if he scored ten goals, but he's really getting the guys riled up and getting their face and getting you know getting pissed off. That dude is a competitor. There's no doubt about it. If he's Olympic years in St. Louis and all this stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, Jason and Mike. They got how many games left? Eight games. I yep. feel they got to win at least six of them. And seven are at home. Seven. When Dave said home. Dave said the games at home, but you think about it, you know, you know, I know they had a nice run with Cassie, but they're still not great at home. Period. You know what I mean? They're just not. So I'm hoping they turn this around. I mean, Nashville's doing us a favor right now. Thank God. Hopefully they can hold on, and beat the Islanders, because that'll be huge. But then he made a good point. Tampa's creeping up. Caroline's hanging around. The damn Hartford Whalers. Uh, they're hanging around. You know what the thing about that, too? It's the Bruins play Nashville tomorrow. So no yeah. excuse. No excuse. Mike, well, this team, everything is an excuse, it seems. So um, I don't feel 100% confident they can because they have a night night off. Like, Dallas is just not a good team. 
they should beat them, but it doesn't mean they're gonna. I mean, and then Florida, and then Florida Saturday, they should beat them too. The only team, the only two teams. I mean, I would say three because I think Autumn owns them, owns them this year. So right now, five or three at the worst, they should go. The worst. Yeah, they have, they have like they have uh, Nashville's a playoff team, Chicago's a playoff team. Uh, Ottawa's a playoff team, and the Capitals are a playoff well, team. The Capitals probably, probably won't play anybody. The last well, game that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking, too, is maybe the Capitals might hold out some of their guys, like Braden Holpe, who owns the Bruins' ass uh, every time they play. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a bad, that smells for me, because I think the playoffs will probably start, what, the Tuesday, I would say? Probably that um, Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so I would say that's definitely a game he sits, which would be huge for the Bruins. But then even the Blackhawks came in the second, they might be going for – I don't know if anyone's even close to them in the West. But um, the thing that sucks, the guys, Blackhawks is that we have still play on – the Blackhawks will still play on Sunday. They'll still play too sucks. early to, to close them down, shut them down for the year. Well, the thing that sucks is we got to hope that people rest people. <laughs> I guess that's what, you know, that's kind of scary. So let's just hope things hold on. So um, are we going to do predictions? I don't, or, I don't think like, they're going to sit anyone. I don't think they're going to sit anyone on, on Sunday, though. Uh, I hope not. I hope not. It's always weird. They always have that, like, one-off game in Chicago. It's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, then they had the same thing last year too. Remember when they got like blown out in the first period and the second period they made it interesting, but they still ended up getting blown out. Then I remember three years ago they blew out the, they blew out the Blackhawks. It's, it's weird how those teams play each other. It's just it's like ebb and flow. It's kind of funny. I mean, a game in Boston which I was at and everybody got to see my face of depression uh, live on Facebook Live. Uh, I mean, it was one nothing, but it was just <laughs> the feeling in that house. Everybody knew they were gonna lose. I mean, you just you just felt it. It was just. You could cut the tension with the night. Just so you know, oh. we have seven games left, not eight. All right, like I said, we have six games left. No, seven games left. Um, they all seem to blur together now, don't they, guys? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, the, we've been depressed recently, so I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know what. I mean, we're kind of losing track of the games, but thanks for the correction, Jason. Sorry. I don't, you know what, Jason? You know what, Jason? No, I'm just bust the balls, Jason. It was great meeting you and your lady. Your lady friend. One of many, it sounds like, because you are a Casanova. As Mike is much of a lover to the computers, you are a lover to the women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Lindsay had fun. Yeah, shout out to Lindsay. She'll, she'll yeah. listen to this today. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, but, a nice lady. But no, can, um, can we just find the Bruins goal scorers again? I, I, when they first had, when they first brought in Cat, then they, I, I actually was uh, listening, uh, reading something. I forget what it was, but uh, they were saying, uh, yeah, the Bruins are starting to suck again. Might as well fire the coach and get a spark out of them again while they still can, because when they fired Julian and went to Cassidy, they obviously started ripping off some wins. Well, you look at the Canadians; they're not running away. I mean, Senators are right on their tail. I mean, you know what I mean? They like just beat they the Senators again, though. They just beat them again. They just beat them again. Yeah, they did beat them. Yeah, they did. They kind of own them like the like the Senators own the Bruins this year. And this is like the finally the first year the Bruins played Montreal pretty good. I think they split, and they they can't get out of their own way. So you know it's one of those years. But it's put up. It's not put up a shut up, gentlemen. This is this is it. By next week they could be done. <laughs> if they if they crap. The I business. know. Is it? It was. I actually never even realized when uh, until Dave Reed said it. What the hell is Carolina doing? They're so close to the top of the to the wild card position. They're tied now. right now, and Lightning just tied up the Blackhawks. They were down by two like three seconds ago. Uh, so there start. you go. I mean, you look at it, right? The, the Bruins, since that four-game losing streak, remember how I said the last few shows the Bruins are getting a little bit of separation? Now they mm-hmm. haven't because they went on a four-game losing streak. Guys, how they bad? Have, the, Leafs are, the, the Leafs are at 85. The Bruins are at 84. The Islanders are at 82. Tampa's at 81. Carolina's now at 79. If Carolina wins, they're going to be at 81, too. I, I don't want to think about it. 
<laughs> I hey, before we end the show, because I've been hearing this all weekend, so I'm going to switch the topic a bit. I want to talk about McAvoy, because I've been hearing McAvoy's name oh. all weekend. Oh, yeah, because BU lost. That's probably why. Yeah, you think the Bruins going to put him in the lineup? To be honest, I don't. I, I don't want the Bruins to put him in the lineup. As much as I, I, I think McAvoy's going to be good. I think he's. I think he has the chance to be great. I can't wait to see him just as much as everyone else wants to see him. But when we had Mark on a few, a few episodes ago and we talked about this, Bruins fans gonna pump the brakes with McAvoy. Oh, he's really seriously. I, he had a he had a great World Champion World Junior Championships, and obviously it got all Bruins fans hot and bothered and excited, which you should be. You should be excited. But like you just said, like Joe just said. He's not going to come in and be Bobby Orr in his first year. He's not going to step into the, the the lineup tomorrow and be, you know, Bobby Orr or, you know, Ray Bork. Give the kid some time. He's still young. He, like, he'll grow into the role. He's not going to be a savior. Please, Bruins fans, don't look at Charlie McAvoy as some god sent from the heavens to save the Bruins season because it's not going to happen. What I want, Jason, personally, is I want McAvoy to sign, go into Providence for a couple games, get his feet in the, underneath them during the pro system, and then start next year and make the team pretty much what Carlo did. That's what I want. Carlo I agree. Last year, Carlo signed last year, went to Providence for a few games, and made the camp, made the team out of camp. That's what I want from McAvoy. That's what so, I would do too. Yeah, take take your time. So, you know, JFK coming out. Just this year, I just say run it with the guys you got. Let's see who's good, who's not, and then just start cleaning house and cutting off the uh, the uh, absolute worthless piece of driftwood like. Jimmy Hayes. Um, yeah, like you said, let's see what they got and then trim off the fat. Trim off the guys that, okay, you you played it out this year, third year in a row if you make the playoffs or you don't. If you make the playoffs, good. If you don't make the playoffs, third year in a row. Now, you, you evaluated all these players. Now, you have the young guys coming up, seeing what young guys can play, what young guys can't. That's when you, like you said, in the offseason when you do it. Don't worry about it now. Just worry about it in the offseason. So, if they cut Jimmy Hayes, who are you going to name your Wi-Fi after? Uh, Bradley Nash. <laughs> no, he scores. We're going to call it the Bolesky. The Bolesky. Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Miller. Oh, God. Even uh, Miller I scored. I wonder who's going to go to Vegas now. That Vegas is going to become a sports mecca with the Raiders and Golden Knights. Oh, that's another thing I want. I, I, I kind of want to have a pick at, too. Is, uh, aren't they not releasing the players that the, the, the Bruins are – like, not just the Bruins, but when the, like, they're doing that draft, they're, they're not letting the, the names – Released of the players of the team. Really? Were, like, what the heck? No, I guess they're not releasing them anymore. So oh, that wow. way, it's like when you watch the so when you watch the draft for the Vegas team, that it's all completely by surprise. Oh, that sounds really like just as good as the whole unveiling of their logo went. Yeah, that's gonna go well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a debacle. The feed went down and everything. <laughs> that was so bad. Their logo absolutely blows. So whoever. Whoever two, I think my three I, and a half year team, old draw a I think their team name's even underwhelming, like Golden Knights. Like you couldn't have did something a lot cleverer or something that had to do associate with the city at all. I think they had to buy what someone out too. The I think it's one of the, I think one of the branches of the military is called the Golden Knights too, and I think they had to buy them, you know, pay them off or something to use the name. I know they could have done so much more with Vegas. How many knights live in Vegas? I would say zero. Or well, not even just not even just that. You could have done something cool like. The Las Vegas Gamblers, like the Las Vegas Jokers, yeah, or something like... The Las Vegas Prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they could have just did something way, way cooler. Like, you I would have been so, cool. like, under, I was so underwhelmed. They call slot machines one-armed bandits. I think that would be, like, the coolest name ever. You know what I mean? The one-armed one bandits? bandits? 
That's what they call slot machines. Yeah, for us old people. Yeah, but you know our... how people, you know how people get mad like, about like the Redskins name. People would you would have had people yeah, with one arm. Yeah, people with one arm would have got pissed off. I agree. I'm sorry for the people with one arm, the uh, Luke Skywalks and Darth Vader's out there. I know you have one arm. I apologize. Offend you. Yeah, I know we live see, in the world thing, of offending people. Yes, that's the thing. You live in a world now where you offend people more easily than you would in the past. So you you can't say these things anymore, Joe. You know, because everybody gets a trophy, Mike. Everybody gets a yep. damn trophy. Participation awards. Well, I think your computer needs a participation award because it's participating tonight, which is wonderful. Did I not? It's because we just said an Italian prayer before the show. For people that, for people that weren't listening then or like weren't, um, weren't around then before the show. Uh, so I got a new computer because obviously everyone knows that's been listening to the show. My, com- my computer stinks. So, but I was having an issue with Skype and my other computer. So I was like, oh, crap. I got to go to the uh, Jimmy Hayes Wi-Fi one and... I speak Joe and I, you know, nice little Italian last name. That's Setapani, you know, very Italian. Setapani. We did a nice, nice little Italian. Nice little Italian prayer. It worked out wonders. It's been great. It's been almost, it's been almost an hour. It's been almost an hour and no issues, huh? I know it's it's unbelievable. I just want to record next week's show now too while we're at it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm Uh, just kidding. You're you're crazy kids. We got to only two old men, me and Joe, need to go to bed at the moment. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I know, I know. So, I'm keeping, hey, I'm keeping slow you guys Slow your roll, Rumpel. Slow your roll, Rumpel. Still skin. I, I don't need to go to bed yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one with all the ladies. You're the one with all the ladies. You got to, you got to rest the loins. But can I before before we do some predictions? Can I also can I just touch on uh, one thing the Bruins do that I think is absolutely fabulous? Ice girls. Oh, they're gone. Um, <laughs> no, it's the. Uh, it's the cuts to the cost, and they do it with yes. Cutcher and Ritz. Um, they raised $101,000 for kids oh. battling cancer. And I just want to commend the Bruins. They all, not all of them, but majority of them shave their heads, or if not, they donate money to charity. And I just but think that – right? uh, probably, probably not. But, yeah, uh, but I just want to commend the Bruins for even holding no, that event right. and doing it because, you know, obviously everyone that we know or someone you know has been affected by cancer – even Joe has been affected by cancer, so um, 101K, absolutely fantastic by the Bruins, and I think that's a, just goes to show, I think hockey players are the best athletes in the world, both mm-hmm. giving money and, yep. and time to charity, so just hats off to them again. But, uh, but guys, it's Tuka Rest seems to be back for tomorrow. Um, well, we have four games this week. Four, oh, wow. Here we go. Three, Three are at home, one's on the road. We got. Okay, I ask you guys one question before we jump into that. What was your? Uh, give me one word to describe that Tampa game the other night. Oh, I was at work. Yeah, good thing you didn't see it. I was at a concert where they actually pulled a fire alarm in the middle of the show, which is probably better than watching that game. So, they can't, if they have one more of those games, they're toast. I swear, to, they're done. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding, Joe. Um, I was watching the game. And I had my arms folded and just a look of disgust on my face. I it was just I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You had the Italian shame face on. Shame. Yeah, I was just like I had my, my face was full of disgust. That's why that's why I would say the one my one word's disgust. Michael, you didn't eat your ravioli. I'm disgusted and ashamed of you. Yes, yeah, you don't well, you don't like my sauce. You don't like the sauce? Uh, I'm part Italian, so I can kind of have a uh, one fourth of me is a crappy accent. So <laughs> <laughs> my my grandmother's me uh, is from uh, Italy. Her last name is De Rosa, so you can't get no, more. There you go. Okay. There you go. 
But and I talk with my hands, Mike. Hey. I talk with my ah uh, yeah. Everyone talks with their hands though. Everyone. <laughs> they, they say it's a big Italian thing, but if you notice it, everyone talks everybody, with their hands. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you know. we just better looking doing it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's true, Joe. I'm on. I'm on your side on that one. So I'm Italian. The All right, Bucks. we're called chasing the Bucks now. The Bucks. Well, the ladies. Oh, the Bucks. Oh <laughs> okay, let's do predictions. Because we all. All right, much who wants suck to go? Last week. I do not first? volunteer yeah. tribute to go first. All right. So we all so suck have, last week, right? Predator, we all. We were all Predators tomorrow, Stars Thursday, Panthers Saturday, Blackhawks Sunday. Uh, I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say two and two. Hmm, I'm going to go one by one for you all, because that's how I feel. Nashville, you're going to lose, because <laughs> I just feel it. I don't know why, I feel it, because, they, you know, everything's against Nashville, but they'll find a way to win. Uh, Dallas, I just think that team is a, a joke, and the Dallas Sagan, anytime he can lose again, it's fine with me. Um, uh, Florida, I think they'll have nothing to play for. And I, the Bruins always play Chicago tough. I think, God, did I just say three and one? Yeah, you did. I did. Wow. And I'm going to say two and two. I'm going to say they lose to Nashville tomorrow, too. And I'm going to say they lose to Chicago, and they're going to beat the Stars, and they're going to beat the, the Panthers, because the Bruins always seem to play well against the Panthers. I don't know why they just do, so that's what I'm going with. All right, here's what I'm going with. They beat Nashville. They beat Nashville, because they're on two, two days of rest. Mm-hmm. They beat Dallas, because I'm going to be there with a pretty little lady named Lauren. Um, they beat Florida because of the matchup. The Buckley Pumping Service, and <laughs> and they uh, they beat Chicago. You going four and zero? Yeah. The hell are you on drugs? Yes. You know what? Jason gets about twelve or fourteen ladies in his life, and he gets all. No, nah, that's like highly exaggerated, there, Joe. It's maybe like two or three, but it's not fourteen. I don't know. Every time I talk, he's a new lady. Like I said, I didn't know the uh, blog of clues was the prom. Hope you got her. You hope you got a nice corsage. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, all right, so God. we have to. Can we just establish that I want whatever Jason's smoking for the Bruins to go four and zero this week? Three and one, baby. I'm probably so gonna what, be wrong. Guys, but I got you guys are. You have you guys seen them go last week? They went. They went one and four in their last five games. And yeah, Joe, you got sunshine and roses, Jason over there saying four and zero, and then you got Joe not far behind him saying three and one. What is yeah. what is with you guys? Well, remember the, you remember last year, the year before that, Mike, when I was like, "Oh, the Bruins should start losing." I think we reversed the here. Them. I don't want them to lose. I'm just trying to be realistic here. I'm realistic. Hey guys, I'm psychotic. Hey guys, I want I want to run a little idea idea by you guys. So, uh, you know, you know, bubble hockey, right? Yes. I think we need to have a Bruins beat Big Bad Bruins, maybe Black and Gold podcast tournament. Ah, oh, I see where you're going with this. Where I'm going with this, maybe get the fans involved. We might have to have a little, what they call a soiree. I think we have to talk about this. So if you guys, anyone in the chat that's uh, local that may be interested in this bad Larry, let me know. But I think we might I think we challenge Black and Gold Hockey Boys with NHL 17 tournament on, on uh, PS4. I Dude, last hockey I played was on Nintendo. Now, come on, guys. Can we do something I can do? I know how to use the sticks. <laughs> Yeah, we have to we have to accommodate the older people. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll do we'll do bubble hockey. I'll have my oxygen tank with me. All right, great. That's great to hear. <laughs> but yeah, but this, once again, we want to just give a special thanks to Dave Reed from NHL Network for joining us. You can, uh, as I said, you can follow him on NHL Network uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time all throughout the playoffs. Uh, he was been he was a fantastic guest. I'm happy to have him on. Uh, hope to have him on again soon, actually, because that was fantastic. Yeah, it was obviously, great. obviously, Joe was. Uh, 
getting lathered up and getting all excited when he was talking about the 90s Bruins. So I'll have to do that. I had my pants off. Only half the interview. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that will wrap up our episode. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at my Mike's kind of twenty two. Joe is at Big Bad Bruins eighty eight, and Jason's at Jason Buckley ninety one. You can follow our personal account at Bruins underscore Beat. Uh, you can also follow, uh, like us on Facebook, and you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher, right, Jason? Yes, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the uh, iTunes uh, at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. For those that are listening live still, I am going to release this show tomorrow afternoon. I'll be editing it tonight, releasing it tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. Let's do it.